This is Dane. And this is Rhonda. And you're listening to the Intense Sports Talk Show. First up, let's talk about some hot topics around the league. So what's hot and what's not? So, so far we're, what, 14, 15 games in? Yes. Who are some of your biggest surprises and biggest disappointments thus far in the season? Wow. With all these injuries right now, it's kind of hard to tell who is <laughs> going to be the contender because every major team, at least the teams who have historically brought some heat to the game, they have some of their all-stars hurt or sidelined or injured day to day. I mean, it's every day there's somebody else who goes down for either a minor or major injury that prevents them from playing in the next game or set of games or their stomach might just hurt and <laughs> not have a tummy ache <laughs> leave prince james alone the reports say that everybody on the team just about got sick oh so it must have been food on the, on the charter home <laughs> <don't> <laughs> was <know>. that it <laughs> but apparently they had a long road trip and everybody came back with upset tummies oh wow yeah for me i'd have to definitely say that i'm surprised about the Dallas Mavericks' slow start, as well as the fall of the Portland Trailblazers. You know, they kind of started off kind of big, kind of kind of strong in the beginning of the season, and so far I think they're kind of right at that 500 mark maybe. They are. They are. Um, I wouldn't count them out, though. They, they, they're packing a lot of heat, and they're one of the teams that hasn't been, you know, cursed with injuries so far, with the exception of Brandon Broy, but that was at the beginning of the season where he retired. So, he doesn't really factor into the equation, I don't think. But in terms of the the people that they do have out there on the floor, I, I wouldn't count them out just yet. You know, again, we've got a pretty compacted season, and these cats are playing, you know, back-to-back-to-back games. So they may just be in a slight little slump, but I would uh, suspect that they'll pick it up again. Yeah. In the East, I'm actually surprised at the level of play the 76ers have been producing. How about it? I had to go look at their roster the other day. <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> yeah, I actually was checking out one of their games earlier in the week, and I was looking, and I'm like, they're actually playing pretty good together. And they're one of the top teams in the East, one of the top four. And just goes to say, youth may have a big impact on this compacted season because – I also had an opportunity to see Mr. Mark Cuban talking about, you know, his team's slow start. But he, he brought up a good point in that the younger teams have the fresher legs. So, and most of the teams that are winning right now are, you know, the younger teams, the the Sixers, you know, and the, the Thunders and whatnot. And how the older teams like the Celtics and, you know, the Mavs, the more tenured and seasoned teams – you know, they're a little older now, so they're, they aren't able to get back into the flow of just the, the everyday playing back-to-back, whereas, you know, like the young guys, they're pretty much in shape all year round. They're ready to play. So it should be – it's going to be pretty interesting. It Definitely. Um, like I said, I looked at that, that roster for the 76ers, and the only name I recognized was Elton Brand. <laughs> Elton Brand. Elton Brand. And – He's no spring chicken. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens with them. I'm a little surprised that Indiana isn't, you know, they're not doing bad so far, but I thought that they would be a little uh, more prominent at this stage in the game. Yeah. And I, likewise, Miami. I mean, although they they are playing, 
they're you know they're already deemed the champions. They're what? They're they're sitting at number five right now in the middle of the pack. So they're not even looking at a home court advantage so far. So if we went to the playoffs today, they would kind of like be one of those bottom feeder teams. So it's, it should be interesting. Uh, I'm, I am surprised about the play of the Atlanta Hawks as well. Everybody counts them out, I think, year after year, but they always end up being a playoff team. They haven't yet proven to be a championship team, but that they don't surprise me as much. They typically do end up in one of those one through eight spots. Yeah, yeah. Just can't seem to get past the first round and clearly not the second round. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on, in light of the Los Angeles Clippers' recent acquisitions, is it safe to say contender or pretender? What are your thoughts? I hate to say it. I love me some Blake Griffin. And I think Chris Paul and Chauncey Billups, they bring some added flavor to the mix. But the Clippers, they just have some sort of stigma attached to them it just <laughs> something is as hard as they climb is something that always seems to kick them right back down i hope that this will be a breakout season for them but for me the jury's still out on, on whether they will be a contender this year i'm kind of 50 50 on those guys like you said that's the stigma alone of being a clipper i believe that plays a lot into their attitude as a team and as an organization However, they have been able to get some marquee W's under their belt. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Heat. And last night, they beat Dallas on the buzzer beaters. So, down the stretch, hopefully they can maintain that level of play, which is going to help them make hopefully make a deep run. I'd, I'd like to just see them actually do something now that they do have some talent on their team and some players who actually have the attitude of a winner. It'd be cool to see them play. And secondly, you know, that whole L.A. LA Laker, L.A. Clipper rivalry might, might actually get some legs to it for a change because as we know from years past, it's been all, all Lakers. True, true. And I think of, you know, a lot of the teams within the NBA right now, they have a good complement of youth and and age on the team. So you have the youth of a Blake Griffith and a, a, the center uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. Um, that guy's real big on the defensive end. Right, right. Real big. Not very good on the off. Well, not, I wouldn't say not good, but not as productive mm-hmm. on the offensive end. But he's definitely their force in the middle. Exactly. Then you have, you know, the, the age slash wisdom of a Chauncey Billups, a Mo Williams. Um, and then you Butler. Karan Butler. And then you even have some of those mid, you know, middle of the road type players like a, a Chris Paul. He's not, you can't consider him a babe to the league, but he's not you know, an old timer ready for retirement just yeah. yet. So I think they have a, a fairly good mix of, of players with different levels of experience that makes this season for them very exciting. And like I said, I, I wish them the best, but it's just something about <laughs> the Clippers. <laughs> and they've had talent, you know, more than just this season. They've had some really good teams in the past. Elton Brand came from the um, Clippers. Mm-hmm. Lamar Odom came from the Clippers. Uh, Corey Maggette. I mean, they've had some solid players in the past, but we'll, the jury's still out. We just have to see on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And speaking about the jury being out, I 
saw a headline the other day about Danny Ainge considering busting up the big three. <laughs> yeah, he might be a little late on the trigger for that one. I mean, where are those cats going to go? Who's yeah. the, Number one, their contracts are so big, I don't know who is going to pick up. The youngest is 34, and I think yeah. that's Paul Pierce. <laughs> and he has two years, about 30, over $30 million left on yeah. his year. On, on his deal. Then you've got uh, Ray Allen. Ray, Ray Allen, he's the oldest at 36. He is? I believe so. Wow. And then uh, Garnett is 35. I don't know. You know, they might just have to wait that one out. <laughs> well, I, I heard some, some speculation that what they might end up having to do is let the season play itself out because a Kevin Garnett, for example, He's in his last year of his deal, and he's $21 million contract. And that's, that's a big pickup for a team. And I doubt that a team is going to be willing to give up some of their young, budding talent for a Kevin Garnett or for a Ray Allen who was in the last year of his contract, but he's due, he's due $10 million. So it's going to be real tough. The only bargaining piece that I say I feel that they do have is Paul Pierce, only because his deal has a little bit more time on it. And while he's he, obviously he's the youngest of the big three, so he might be able to go to a, a contender that's primed and ready for, you know, a run, and they just need that kind of player. But as far as him, you know, a team getting – I don't see, like, a team getting off, you know, their button talent for any of those guys. I'm going to disagree with you on that one, nephew. Um, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett have both been riddled by injuries over the past they couple have. seasons. Yeah. If anybody <laughs> of the three – if I had to pick, I'd pick Ray Allen. He's a consistent shooter for the most part. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been riddled with the, the level of injuries that Garnett and Pierce have. And, you know, I don't know if I would swing him into a starting position, but definitely coming off the bench to hit those big threes, yeah. I think I can use him there. The other two, ugh. Streaky shooter. <laughs> so it's that time of the show, ladies and gentlemen. We talk about the one and only Lakers. It's that Laker time. So Lake show. As you all know, I participate in a couple of sports groups on Facebook, and I felt a gentleman post a pretty interesting question. And the question was this: He stated, "Would the Lakers have a better chance of winning if they limited Kobe's playing time?" What are your thoughts on that, Auntie? I'm not sure if it's the playing time that's the issue. I know that that is important to the coach and the organization as a whole when we're moving toward trying to get into the playoffs and making a run for the championship. But in terms of, you know, game the game activity, to me what's more critical for Kobe is the number of shots and shot selection. Yeah, definitely. Um, when Kobe was hitting those 40-point games, the first game it was like, oh, my God, Kobe just went for 40. Then the second game is like, Okay, y'all can stop talking about Kobe's old and Kobe can't hang and Kobe can't do because he just went 40-40 back-to-back. By the third game, was like, okay, the novelty is kind of wearing off. (laughs) Kobe, you need to pass the ball because you're getting in situations where now you're forcing shots and nobody else can get involved. The fourth game was like, okay, for real, seriously, please pass the ball (laughs) because when you got three of them on you, that means you got two teammates that's wide open. And more than likely, right under the basket for a high percentage shot. Right under the basket. So, for me, for Kobe, and this has been something I've had issue with Kobe since he's been in the league, is the kind of ball hog syndrome and shot selection. That's more, to me, critical than actual minutes. And Kobe is one probably, you know, 
over the past 10 years, the most committed uh, player in the game in terms of his, his workout regimen, in terms of keeping in shape, in terms mm-hmm. of practicing on a regular basis, Definitely. honing his, his craft. So minutes, you know, people are talking about it a lot. And yes, as you get older, you know, you can't, you know, do the things that you did when you were 20, but you have to admit, Kobe's a freak of nature. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's, he's as, as he likes to say now, his, his new campaign with Nike, it's the Kobe system, baby. You know, exactly. So I thought that I'm still trying to figure out the ending of that commercial though when they say, you know, what if you're really good? And it's like, yeah, and he's just like, Thank you. I'm still thinking about it. So if anyone knows what the catch to that is, you know, feel free to, you know, shoot us a little email, let us know. But nonetheless, I mean I, I kinda agree with you on that point only because he he does get into situations where, you know, I feel he, he takes shots that he probably shouldn't. And as a as a as a basketball athlete and being a scorer, I can understand what he what he's thinking maybe at times when he's like, you know, yeah, I could pass it to you know a Steve Blake or I can kick it out to a sudden, but you know, I don't, am I confident that they go actually hit the shot? And so I I understand that aspect. But at the end of the day, Kobe, I mean, you you got five, you got four of the teammates on the floor, man. So you know, you, at this point in your career, like I said, I don't really think it's a matter of playing time, but it's definitely a matter of just making the best decisions for you. For yourself and for your team, because I mean, ultimately, you're you are the playmaker, you are the scorer for the team. So the last thing that we would need in Laker Nation is for you to be trying to do one of your Kobe moves, and for for some, you know, catastrophic reason, you turn an ankle or you you hurt a, you hurt your legs. You know, that's the worst thing that we can we can get at this point. You know, is a leg injury to you. So all these fadeaway jump shots, and you know, you go come down on your somebody's shoe. Something so it's like you know we got to make sure you're taking some some good decisions. I mean, making some good decisions so that you know we don't see you on the chopping block. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, and the other thing too, when Kobe takes the number of shots that he takes, the other players can't get into a rhythm. Yeah. I mean, right now when you put that bench in, it's it's like you know time to go grab a snack, take a you know bio break. <laughs> you know, go, go run an errand. <laughs> you know, go pay, yeah, you gotta go pay my car, my credit card bill right now. You know, Something because it's like you know those cats get out there, and even with the bench players and Kobe, it's like everybody is passing the ball to Kobe. Nobody wants to take a shot, even when they're wide open. And a lot of it has to deal with their own self confidence and being able to deliver the goods. And if everybody's you know, default is give it to go Kobe, give it to Kobe, give it to Kobe. He'll take the shot. He'll take the shot. He'll take yeah. the heat. He'll take the heat. That's not fair to the team. Exactly. And I think that that's what goes on a lot because there's plenty of times where I've seen a, a Steve Blake, a Matt Barnes, uh, you know, some of their rookies. In my opinion, they, they have some decent shots, but it's like they don't even look at the rim. It's like they, they catch it off the swing. And it's like, where's Kobe? Where's Kobe? Like, not one time looking, like, never getting in triple. And those, these are basic basketball skills right basic, here. Basic, basic. When you get the ball on offense, triple threat. And what are your options? You know, I can look in the post. I've got nothing there. And now I can dribble or I can shoot. But it's like, get the ball. No need to triple threat. Have the ball. Where's Kobe? Where's Kobe? Oh, there he is. Boom. And that, even if he got two or three people on him, they just like, they're not they're not looking for their own shots. Yeah, and that's, that's the travesty. And. And I looked uh, the, the last game they played uh, against Dallas. That rookie Darius Morris, big ups to Darius because I think you got a lot of potential, bro. And I think in a couple years you'll be a solid PG. But right now you need to get out that rookie mentality. This kid gets on the floor 
and you can see him thinking about what move he's going to make next. <laughs> he's not into the flow of the game. I saw the same thing in the Clippers rookie the other night, too. Um, they've got a PG. Oh, the, the guy with the dreads? With the dreads. Yeah. Same thing. Overthinking what you're doing. Just get out there and play ball. Play but ball. you're not going to get that confidence if you're afraid that if you don't get the ball to Kobe, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get pulled out the game or get, you know, an earful from yeah. someone. So, you know, for Kobe, get everybody involved. When Kobe starts off the game feeding his bigs, you know, passing off to the wing, the game moves a lot smoother. Yeah. Kind of piggybacking off of the – the 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 being able to get your rhythm on is if there's one player on the Lakers team who still don't need no rhythm is our man D Fish still a still a diamond in the rough regardless of how old the man is I mean he's still a clutch shooter and he's continues to prove it day in and I mean game in and game out oh you know there have been so many D Fish haters over the past two to three years I mean it sickens me because that's that's my man's right there he's Kind of like, you know, what I was mentioning about Ray Allen earlier. We deep into it. We need to get a good shot up. Call D. Fish. Yeah. He will deliver. And people say, oh, he's oh, He can't keep up with the younger guards. He can't do this. He can't do that. But who hit that three that won the game the other night against Dallas? D. The Fish. defending champs. Okay? Everybody can't say that. And how many times has D. Fish done that? Numerous. Numerous. I mean, we can go back to the point four days. <laughs> Numerous. Numerous. Hey, all he needs is point four seconds. He's proven that. Exactly. So. Exactly. So I'm gonna put a little asterisk on that. You know, the Lakers do need a new younger point guard. Um, you know, for the same reasons as we've discussed with the big three in the Celtics, there comes a time when you know you're not gonna be as agile, be able to jump as high, run as fast, move as quick yeah. as you were when you were 23 or or 25. So in that regard, you know, I still give a lot of love and support to D. Fish. But moving forward, you know, we do need to retool at that position. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Speaking about positions, um, I've read something the other day. They were discussing the best center power forward duo in the league right now. And, of course, Baby Bynum and Mr. Paul Gasol's name came up. But after thinking about it, I feel we do have one of the better, you know, four or five lineups in the league. I mean, because when we look, you know, across the, <laughs> literally across the locker room over in L.A., they have DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. And, and while both of those two gentlemen are, you know, up-and-coming players, you know, Blake Griffin at times, it's like he's, he still seems like he's kind of thinking about what he wants to do as well because I remember there was a play last night where he could have easily just got the ball and, you know, just put it back in for an easy bucket. But he tried to do some kind of spin move and end up either violating or, Ultimately, he turned the ball over. <laughs> and then DeAndre Jordan, you know, he's definitely a force in the middle, but his offensive game really isn't, you know, where it's not as developed as a defensive game. So when it comes to the the, the center power forward duo, when I think about it, when I really think about it, like what other – I mean, when we look at Orlando, I mean, all they have is D. Howard, but who, who – you know, I couldn't tell you who their power forward was. And then when we look at other teams like a, like a 76ers, I could tell you that – Elton Brand is their power forward, but can't tell you who their center is. The only centers really that are worth a conversation are Bynum and Howard. Maybe DeAndre Jordan gets an honorable mention. Um, I mean, who else do you think when you think center? Yeah, it's, it's hard to put it out there. So is it safe to say that the center position 
well, not the center of it, but the big or the, the type of center that, you know, we're more accustomed to being able to play with back toward the basket. Is that, is that type of player becoming uh, extinct? Right now in the league, any player that's, you know, big enough to play center, <laughs> in my opinion, like I said, the, the center position is never a whole lot of discussion. The Lakers have historically always groomed a big man. Definitely. And, I mean, you've seen it in Bynum. You've seen it in uh, Vladi Divac. You've Shaq. seen it in Shaq. You've seen it in Will, Kareem. Kareem, yeah. I mean, that's that's the Lakers thing. They're going to get a young big man and they're going to groom him. You know, they're going to stick to him through thick and thin. They did it with Vladi Divac for way too long, <laughs> in my opinion. But, you know, they get him, they groom, and they stick to him. You know, in the past, there have been other, you know, notable centers, but, you know, that's not – that hasn't, you know, been the big position. You know, the point guards, you, we can talk about point guards all day. Yeah. We can talk about, you know, power forwards all day. You got Kevin Love. You got Blake Griffin. You've got – um the guy in Aldridge. Memphis. Uh, it was Zach Randolph. Zach Randolph. And then uh, Aldridge. Aldridge in Portland. I mean, other positions, we can come up with a list of names. But when it comes to a a reliable, consistent center, it's a short discussion. Very, 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 very short list. Very short list. So, you know, in terms of the best, you know, power forward center duo in the league, you know, I am. Yeah. I'll give my tip to the Lakers because that's the home team. So I have no problem with that. I'm sure others will probably disagree, but <laughs> until you tell us different, yeah. <laughs> we're going with the Gasol Bynum duo at the moment. Yep. Let's move on to our next segment. No, no he, he didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reading another article earlier this week and came across a very interesting point. If you don't know, Michael Jordan is currently writing his autobiography, and there is a a note or a point in there where he states that, and this is from Jordan himself, where he feels that Kobe Bryant is the only player who deserves comparison to his airness. <laughs> Period. No one else. So when it comes to the you know greatest of all time discussion and who's the GOAT and who's the best player, I mean... If it's a consensus that Jordan is the GOAT and now the GOAT is saying that the only one who is even who even deserves recognition is Kobe, then is it safe to say that the whole Kobe LeBron argument is now null and void? Um, statistically Kobe definitely, you know, he gets up there. He's he's close to Jordan, almost neck and neck in a lot of areas. Um, but I think what really seals the deal for Kobe is his work ethic. Definitely. Um, this is a cat who puts it in, in season and out of season. Definitely. Um, you know, he takes his craft seriously. He's honed his skills. To me, you know, hands down, Kobe still has some of the prettiest moves across the league. You know, he may not use them all at the right times or when I would prefer to see him, but he still has some of the prettiest moves around. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not only a, a guard, but he can also get deep down and dirty in the post. Yeah. which means he's refined his skills. Uh, when he was, you know, to the basket in the paint kind of player, he then developed to be a, a jump shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the 10, the 12, the 15, the 17 footer. He can hit the three. Um, he hasn't done well so far this season, but <laughs> every season he works on a, a different aspect, a new element of his game. We saw that with Jordan. And so I think that's what gives 
Kobe the nod, whereas LeBron, yeah, you, you kind of see some changes from season to season, but you don't see the, the changes that we've seen with Kobe coming up through the Nothing game. just sticks out at right. you when it comes to LeBron. And, you know, LeBron still has a little ways to go. I don't, I'm not sure where his numbers statistically are with respect to um, Kobe and a Jordan, but, you know, I, I kind of have to agree with Jordan. Yeah, I'm going to have to give the nod to him as well. Like you just said, the man's work ethic is bar none, one of the bar none, one of the best in the league. I actually, when I was coaching some of my younger kids, I actually had a kid tell me that Kobe doesn't have, Kobe doesn't practice, he doesn't work hard, all he does is drills. Because I was trying to get kids to understand that, you know, at, at the end of the day, you gotta be in condition, physically conditioned as far as you know, your your win and everything just to be able to compete. So then I did some research to, you know, show the kid that Kobe actually does put in the work. And I came across his 666 workout routine, which was basically, I think he said he did uh, for six months out of the year, six days out of the week, six hours out of the day. I think it's something like that. But and that's, and that's his workout regimen. So like you said, testament to just his work ethic. I mean, I haven't seen any other player with that type of routine. I mean, the. Just thinking about it across all sports, the only player that I can think of at the current moment is a Jerry Rice, who in his sport is the greatest player. And uh, like a Walter Payton, those are really the only two guys that come to mind right now. But so work ethic definitely puts you bar none, you know, um, leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's the willingness to do the hard that makes you great. And I feel that a player like a Kobe, the Jordans, and, he, and the greatest in all sports, like it's... You know, a lot of people say, you know, they were blessed with these physical talents and gifts, which they were. But ultimately, there's other players in the league and around the world who have those same physical talents and abilities, but they lack the willingness to do the hard work that exactly. the greats are, are that the greats were willing to do. I, I have to agree with you on that. Um, I think we've 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 talked that one to death. So <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to our our final. No, he didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't. So there was a. There was a, a some one of my buddies I, I think made this statement that uh you know the Heat are a better team without D Wade because since D Wade's been out for this last bit of injuries he the Heat had they went undefeated I believe so that just got me thinking are they really a better team without D Wade their captain you know we can speculate <laughs> until <laughs> you know the cows come home but. You know, nobody really knows. You know, yeah, they've had to figure out how to survive without him. Um, but I don't. That doesn't mean that they're better without him. Exactly. I mean, that's just like you know, you look at all this these slates of injuries. You look at the Atlanta Hawks, who you mentioned earlier, has surprised you in terms of their ranking so far. Al Horford, their center, surgery. Uh, Soldier. I mean, yeah. soldier. Two, two, three days ago, he's out basically for the rest of the season. For the most part. They're still winning. You know, um, you look at, uh, I think Kobe missed a game. Didn't he miss a game early on? Maybe. Or he had minimum play. Something happened, and they still, man- the Lakers managed to win. Uh, you look at uh, Chris Paul and Mo Williams out. Clippers can still eke out a win. So, yes, you know, you can you can speculate as to whether – when you take out one of the superstars, if the team is better or not, but bottom line, you still got, you know, 
what 10, 11 other players suited yeah, up yeah. who are getting paid, who are expected to perform. So it can't just be down to, oh, he's out of the game, so now we're a better team. Nah, you got other cats who's trying to get some more minutes, get more tick, who are getting paid, and the coach expects them to, to deliver. Yeah, so, you know, it's a lot of other factors that go into, you know, what happens when a team wins or loses without their star player. Yeah, I mean, this is professional sports, so as you just said, it's just the next man up. Exactly. Next man up. And if I'm playing for the Lakers and, and you know, Kobe goes down, you better believe, Coach, can you put me in? <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that. Boy, I'm going to play some D. <laughs> I if that. I don't do nothing else, Coach, put me in. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for this episode of the Intense Sports Talk Show. Thanks for tuning in. And please feel free to leave us some comments or some suggestions on some things you'd like us to talk about. And in the meantime and in between time, feel free to visit us on the web at www.intenseathletics.com. That's www.intenseathletics.com. Peace and love. Peace.